Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay. <laughs> Couple is not from literature, so if we want to do literature, couples first, and then uh, I said to define literature broadly. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, my character, my characters are going to be Bubbleine from Adventure Time. Mm-hmm. That that counts as literature. That, that is my fave. That's I mean, there are my all-time ship. There are comics. Really there are fanfics. Yeah. There, it is a mm-hmm. type of media that has also gotten literary I mean it does have aspects so literary couple there we go bubbling hello reading circle temple dedicates and novices uh this is Molly this is Indy Brittany and Goodwin are not currently with us, uh, but they will be tomorrow when I am getting married, which is why you did not get an episode on Sunday. So we're bringing you this very unedited episode uh, with our friends where we're going to talk about some of our favorite literary couples. Remember, we do swear... And all of you fuckers, <laughs> I'm not editing this shit. So, oh shit! So when goes on a 35 minute tangent about the color orange, that y'all are just gonna have to fucking deal. There's no sparing you from it. Right. Molly won't have to listen to it twice though, so there are some blessings. This yes. one's this one's gonna be for the diehards. So I'm gonna start by having everyone introduce themselves. We know me. We know Indy. Uh, we also have Chris, who is my future husband in less than 24 hours. And trying to eat Molly. Not in a fun way. There we go. Hard sexual joke. Of course it's And uh, and he has also a couple of times been the voice of our obscenity warning. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Gaia. Hi. I don't know what to say about Gaia. All right. Then we have Eris. Eris, do you want to tell us about yourself? Hey, Anything? No, sure. not at all. Okay. <laughs> Nothing about me needs to be known. Do not perceive me. <laughs> and we have TK. Hey, TK. Uh, also known as Tristan or Sasha. I do. Uh, Things on the internet with the Eldritch Tomb. If you're into tabletop RPGs, you should check it out. Right now, we're 
itch funding book of creepy objects for spies and other cutthroats on itch.io. Secrets from the Black Palace is the name. So look that up on itch.io. And that's all you need to know about me. I write things. <laughs> He's a disembodied hand, pair of hands. Not even a real voice box. He's just going like... He's like the puppets from Angel. Yes. <laughs> or uh, I was thinking um, Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Up or down. Up or down. She chose down. <laughs> So since Chris and I are getting married, I decided to ask my friends about their favorite literary couples. I told them to take both couple and literature in very broad senses. So I'm going to start with mine because I think I can run through them pretty quickly. The first one is Larkin Rosethorn, OTP. Yes. No more needs to be said. Fucking yes. We've had this conversation. Yes, we have. But listen, also, Frostpunk. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. In the Tamara Pierce <clears throat> world, I also like to tell people that in Tamara Pierce's Tall series, my OTP is Kel and No One. Because Kel is the only heroine so far who does not end up coupled at the end of her series. And while I don't, like, I totally ship all the other couples too, but I really like this fact. And word of God says that she's Arrowace. There's a lot of argument about that in the fandom because people are like, yeah, but she was in a relationship with Cleon and Squire, blah, 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 blah. Arrowace and be in a relationship. Amen. There you go. From an asexual, I mean, I can't speak for the Arrows out there, but from an asexual, you can be ace and be in a relationship. And I mean... You can be an arrow and be in a relationship too. Relationships don't automatically equal uh, a romance. Like I always interpreted Kel as even if she has like some romantic or sexual inclinations, she doesn't have a lot. She's like towards the the asexual, yeah. yeah. And but also, I always interpreted her as being very. Like, she just has other priorities. She's like, I'm a lady knight. I got shit to do. I got my life to live. And I don't have time to deal with romantic shit. She's cool with that. And she's aware that that means that she might not end up in a romantic relationship. And like, that's fine. And I just love that as a character. Mm -hmm. That somebody's just like, you know what? I don't need a person. And I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. Uh, my last one is Wash and Zoe from Firefly because Wash is so cute because he's absolutely obsessed with Zoe and just like lights up every time he walks into a room that she's in. Okay. And that's what I love about Chris. That's one of my favorite ship dynamics though. It's just like yeah. the 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 boyfriend husband who's just like obsessed with their wife <laughs> my wife yeah. the best and the wife is just like I'm a fucking badass is what I am the, the part that I really like to quote from is oh I don't remember which episode it is but when they all get like taken aboard the alliance ship and they're all being interrogated and Zoe's there and being very stoic they ask about her getting in fights with her husband. She's like, yeah, I get in fights with him sometimes. I get in fights with lots of people. And then it cuts to Wash and he goes, the legs. 
the legs, definitely the legs. And right where her legs meet her back, that whole area really. And above that, which just (laughs) proves that he loves literally everything about her. And it's adorable. It's one of my favorite lines. Chaotic little grandma man who points and says, This is my That's why right. <laughs> All right, but that's me. So uh who wants to go next? I'll go ahead and answer. <coughs> um, because mine is at least something uh in the neighborhood of what is traditionally considered literature. Vlad and Isabella von Karstein from the Warhammer franchise, a love that has endured multiple deaths. Vlad von Karstein was a vampire nobleman who was searching the land for a place to to, uh, make his own. Isabella von Karstein was the blood countess-esque daughter of a uh, nobleman in the creatively named nation of Sylvania. And when he heard she was unwed, he arrived basically at the last possible opportunity to Ask for her hand. Ask for her hand. And her dying father in bed basically said, look, my life is measured in days here. That's about enough time for me to measure what kind of man you are. So why don't you two see if there's any kind of connection? And if it works out, I'll marry you. And if it doesn't, I'll cut your head off and throw you under a pike. And he was like, all right, cool. I'd like to see you. I'd like to see you try, but We'll, we'll figure that out when we get to it. We'll cross that bridge. When we yeah, there. it was actually, you know, despite the implicit threat, he was actually fairly on board with it. Despite his vampire nature, he was searching for true immortality. She start uh, after they were married on her father's deathbed. She started developing the same disease, and he turned her as they developed relations with various courts and counts across Sylvania before eventually together as uh, newly minted vampire lovers, they decided to set out from Sylvania and conquer the, the largest empire in the world, which- As you do. Like you do. They, yeah. they very nearly- <clears throat> su- Relationship goals. They very nearly succeeded at because they basically traded possession of the von Karstein ring, which was an ancient ring of power that restores anyone slain wearing it immediately back to life, unlife, as the case may be. Vlad and Isabella uh, um, eventually came undone when, during a decisive battle at the Empire's capital city, Vlad's shithead brother Manfred, who to this day is still around backstabbing people, basically told them, I've got what it takes to sneak in and steal the ring. Uh, I'm going to do that. And the the Imperials were like, okay. So he did. And despite not having the ring, Vlad got all the way to the throne room before being put down. And Isabella, seeing this, flung herself from the parapet onto a stake. Awesome. So, you know, kind of a downer ending. Uh, <laughs> we'll try not to live up to that part. We'll try not to live up to that part. Yeah, um, or, or Chris and Molly probably shouldn't really get too excited for that. But the good news is, fine. In the super contra- <laughs> in the super controversial end times timeline of the setting, they both come back to life, and uh, he actually makes clever use of the von Karstein ring 
to kill her to purge the demon from her body and then bring her back to life. And they actually, uh, they live happily ever after after for the last 15 minutes of the universe's (laughs) timeline. And sadly, in the new continuity, they have not made a reappearance. But they're still valid because evil vampire couples are always valid. Exactly. <laughs> Look, I thought they were black. <laughs> we approve of all representation here, including yeah. puns, unfortunately. And dots. Puns, <laughs> <laughs> man. That's like my entire underserved. Right yeah. <laughs> Two underserved demographics. Yeah. yeah that, I mean, that's Chris's sexuality. He is pun sexual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, let's go next. Uh, yes, I will. Um, anyone who was a teenager in the 2000s is going to know mine. Mine is Bubbleine, a.k.a. Marceline and Princess Bubblegum from Adventure Time, who, look here, all you modern-day spoiled LGBT little shits, but <laughs> they walked so all of y'all can rock. <laughs> um, Gaia's got some feelings. But no, actually, the importance of their sh- of their relationship does span from the very first season to the very ending season, which Adventure Time it ran for about what four years? No, it ran for like ten. Yeah, years. yeah. It, ran for like, it, was uh, it ran for a decade, and the creators of the series have come out and said that they had been wanting to implement Bubbleine as a couple since the very beginning, but due to Cartoon Network censorship, they for a long time could not because you know. Us LGBTQ folk are, you know, we're evil Satanists are going to corrupt your children. Um, I mean, As that's said what, by the evil Satanists who say yeah. to corrupt your children. I mean, I mean, that's what I'm going to do, but not all of us are out to do that. It's a blanket statement that does not apply to everyone. Yeah. I, I find this really interesting because this is a Tamar Pierce podcast and <laughs> The, Tamara Pierce actually also went through that. Yes. Um, like there are, speaking of Caladri, there are two characters in her series that are depicted as being very good friends in the book series, but never overtly depicted as being lovers. And Word of God later came out to say they are. And apparently she was not allowed to publish that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, we're not finished with the series. Who knows? Maybe, maybe Rose Thorne and Mike will actually get to finally be a couple. Hit book twelve, Molly. We're never going to hit book twelve, The importance of Bubbleine really needs to be stated because Bubbleine came. Adventure Time and Bubbleine came even before Steven Universe, and Steven Universe really, they really pushed for you know, the LGBT plus representation in cartoons that Adventure Time was also pushing for, but they had to be a lot more stealthy about it, if you will, because, well, once again, censorship and with the collaboration of Steven Universe, they now had more people on their side, which 
allowed them to be able to pro to provide more substantial stuff like full episodes about Princess Bubblegum and Marceline's relationship and going into how they were more romantic than just friends. So it is a combination of Steven Universe and Adventure Time. If they had not worked together, then neither show could have been able to show what they did. And I think that is just a very important um, a very important topic to think about and to consider. For a lot of children, it's important that they see these LGBTQ relationships and see these LGBTQ characters and, you know, realize, hey, it's normal to be a girl and like another girl or be a guy and like another guy or maybe you're not a girl or a guy maybe you're something in between or maybe you're not you're, maybe you're nothing you're, at all you're, you're <laughs> <exist>. <laughs> no everyone you cease to be yeah Every, that's my romantic partner <laughs> <laughs> not to put a damper on not to put a, not to put a damper on the on uh, the wedding tomorrow, but I did have a friend in college who was pretty sure that I was actually her imaginary friend from childhood. <laughs> hey, I mean, my uh, my ex and our song is you know Natalie Marie and One CC by the Spool Canvas, which is you are just my sick little fantasy. So I try yeah. to pry you from my head. Now look at me. But no, everyone is <laughs> everyone is substantial and everyone is important. No one is no one is worthless. No one is nothing. Get that out of your head right now. Um, but gender-wise, you can feel like you have no gender, and that is perfectly okay and perfectly valid. And now that's way off topic of bubbling, because bubbling. They never really touched on gender much for bubbling. So 90s media in general tried to push an envelope. Mm -hmm. uh, we went from the 80s and the AIDS crisis and where, you know, we don't talk about. We're stigmatized. Yeah. yeah. They, they, to the 90s where you had a lot of people going, you know what, fuck you. Mm -hmm. We're here. We're going to be seen. And then in the early odds is when this kind of, I don't want to say revolution kind of started. Yeah. But there was a lot more of a, the elder community, the, the elder LGBTQ. As uh, opposed to the elder gods. Yes. <laughs> that has basically been killed off by violence. Violence and, and the AIDS mm -hmm. epidemic. And so, when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey guys, we had to stop our recording here because Goodwin arrived. So we're going to pick up now with the same discussion. Alright, so... Did you, do you remember your thought? Do you want to finish it? Or? I remember the thing that I was going on, yes. you want to finish it? Or? Um, well, let's see if I can get... Let me, let me, let me summarize one. So we were talking about how in the 80s, all of the elder gays pretty much were killed <laughs> off or went into hiding. Um, in the 90s, we had the 20s and 30s somethings going, you know what? We're fucking here. Yeah. And then those people got to make TV shows. And they went, ah, this is the representation I wanted. Now to push the gay agenda. So they, there, was, there, there was a whole lot of queer coded stuff as early as in the 80s. Bella and Daphne were dating. Yes. Everyone in the mystery machine was dated. Yeah, yeah. Except for Shaggy. It was just high all the time. <laughs> Wait, yeah. I thought Shaggy and Scooby were a thing. No! Whoa! Matt, we got I don't think we can be married anymore. We went there. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, Shag, Somebody had to. I actually. Speak. It doesn't count. <laughs> Somebody I... had to. And I actually don't know shit about Scooby. Scooby technically does pass the Harkness test. <laughs> Which is cursed knowledge. <laughs> I mean, technically, I'm not, I'm not approving. I'm just saying. Maybe Scooby was actually like. Friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, 
he was he was like cursed by an evil witch and turned into a dog. For some reason, my brain immediately went. Okay, if we're going to get on the Scooby Doo, then I can tell you the backstory that was create that was created in What's New Scooby Doo, where he was an alien from another world, and that's why he can talk. The subject of this podcast is now Scooby Doo conspiracy theories. We're going to deep lore Scooby Doo. Yeah. Yes, this episode is the block. pivoted the series. We're now a Scooby Doo podcast. Welcome to Talk of Scooby with three people you've known you've known this whole time and a bunch of assholes. <laughs> Uh, 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 my qualifications for talking Scooby is that I've seen it occasionally. <laughs> my qualifications for talking Scooby are that I know Scooby Doo was a TV show. My qualifications is that I've been watching it since I was a wee lassie. Laddie. Yeah. All right, like I gotta be our, 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 our host. Yeah, I, I got a host. mid-sized terabyte folder full of Scooby-Doo uh, fanfiction erotica? No, no, that's just your soul line. I was going to say, like, <laughs> I, uh, I have one or two uh, short fanfictions well, in yeah. relation to those three. Yeah. And I'm the one who supplied Chris with his uh, erotica. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, that's on terabyte oh, two, no, 237. <laughs> <laughs> the right. lame crossover has not happened yet. <laughs> All right, Gaia, tell us more about Adventure Time. All right, so as Natalie was saying, and then come a lot of, you know, the LGBT community had to go into hiding during 90s and 80s, and during that time, they were also coming out of hiding again because we wanted our rights. So... Through the usage of television and media, they wanted to, you know, show that, hey, it is normal for girls to like other girls, you know, boys to like other boys. A a boy in a dress is not something that you have to laugh at. It can be, you know, a genuine heartfelt thing. Some of the uh, other point I was going to make was uh, that it went from viewing gay couples as something lewd and sacrilegious that you had in earlier media to kids having kid. representation yeah to kid friend um, to something that, that is kid friend yeah that is and it, it's not explicit i mean there's no like i mean yeah it's literally they just exist in i was gonna space. say it's a Explicit as you know, two characters having a mom and a dad, like yeah. as any hetero couple would be in that kind of series. I'm very proud um, about far we've come oh, in yeah. media, but we saw the long way to go. Oh, absolutely. Um, now bubbling as an actual couple. There we go. Back on topic. Because. We have steered far from bubbling, bubbling as a couple. Oh, God. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. We took the uh, I, I did, you know, that's one of the reasons they're so important to me is their history. And, and personally, they're so important to me is because when it came out, I was a 
I was in middle school. Yeah, I was in about middle school, and I was, you know, questioning my my own uh, sexuality at that time. And so, as I grew up with this show and grew up watching these two girls fall in love, I it really gave me ideas to well maybe. I don't like guys as much as I thought I do, which, hey, turns out I don't. <laughs> I am all about, yeah. <laughs> I am all about them. I'm all about girls. They're so pretty, though. Right? And I do love the building relationship that they have that was from their backstory if we want to talk tropes their trope is friends to lovers friends to lovers to enemies to lovers again a lot um, of back and forth there yeah yeah, yeah there's a good bit of back and forth i like this relationships are messy yes and i feel like uh bubbling really goes into that thing. yeah, yeah. And if you watch um, Adventure Time's newest show, um, that was all about them. Um, Distant Lands. Distant Lands. If you yeah. watch the uh, Distant Lands, you would also see, you know, how they move on from that messiness and how they uh. Learn to live. Yes, <laughs> but learn to live with the past mistakes that they made and learn that hey, the past mistakes we made. They are a part of us, but they are not us. We have grown past them and we're older now and we, we can still love each other. And I think that is just a very mature and beautiful thing for for a uh, for a show for a show to do, especially a show that you know most of its audience has grown up with it. It's also really nice, I think. As someone who also did enjoy Adventure Time, it's really nice to see the relationship as human, yes, as it is. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of media portrays couples in either, oh, I hate my wife, she's fucking awful, <laughs> or like they, they're perfect all the time and oh, there's nothing ever wrong and everything is sunshine and rainbows. rainbows it's really nice to see a healthy and good relationship that you know has its turbulences and has yeah. its troubles it, it's, it's really nice to see a human side of a relationship yes and also i just have a soft spot for the goth one loves the pink one. Yes. Goth and I pastel together. Yeah. Are they goth and pastel. Oh, and it's even better because the goth is the soft one and the pink one is the one who's committed war crimes. <laughs> oh, so true. Oh, Princess Bubblegum, how I want to be you. <laughs> well, if we're doing. Who I want to date you. <laughs> if we're doing. If we're doing stupidly real relationships for jumping off that one get your booze and kafalas out now this one is related to sword arm online and i know it's the terrible anime of the <laughs> <laughs> but more specifically this is 
is related to the abridged version of it, <laughs> which completely kills the plot, overhauls it entirely, and makes it better. We're down for it. The abridged of anything is typically pretty good. So the, the titular relationship in the original show is pretty bog standard, boring. I bet girl, I like girl, girl likes me. We're married now and explicitly besides the fact we're 14. Yeah, that's whatever. That fun stuff. In the abridged version, uh, to quote one of the characters, they are less people and more a loose collection of character flaws nailed together. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> and every second they spend together, the person who's saying this said, I thought you were just going to turn around and kill each other, but it only seemed to draw you closer. Are it's- you saying that that we're just a loose collection of character flaws. No, no, no. This has nothing to do with okay, that. I feel like everybody is just a loose collection of character flaws. Like, <laughs> honestly, though, I don't have many of those, but they're all I've got. I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> so, in order to not say a bridge Kirito and a bridge Dawson or whatever, um, I'm going to start calling them Kurt and Asshole. Sure. <laughs> Good. I love it. True ship right there. Uh, you know what? You convinced me. In this version of the show, Kurt takes on this very, like, edgelord, I know everything about everything, I blah, 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 whatever. I am the person who knows that more than everyone else. I'm the smartest one in the room. Albert Einstein clapped at my birth type personality. <laughs> <laughs> Thank He's God, that. Chris. Asshole is, uh, that? scarier than that. Oh, hell yeah. So... Their, their, their first quote-unquote romantic interactions is they're trying to solve a murder or something. It's not really important. Murder is important. Yeah. And the entire time that they are stuck together, they are constantly trying to one-up each other while solving this murder, which just does nothing but delay the solving of the murder. And eventually this, this develops and they place part ways for a while and eventually rejoin or and all that stuff. And Kurt being this edgelord, I am better than everyone's like, wow, you've invited me to your room. Won't people talk about that? And it just immediately cuts to her being like, so are we doing this tonight? Why are your pants on? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it just cuts back to him going like, uh. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, you know, there's that. Uh, and the, this the thing happens because it's sort of enlightening it's, it's gross. Right. Um, and that happens. Yeah. And it gets to the after effect that it's just like, okay, we've done this. This is cool. We're we've, we're in a relationship now. What do we do next? I don't know. This is where the dating sins usually end. As long as she doesn't throw us any curveballs, it'll be fine. And then she just goes, so what do you want to do now? And he just starts panicking inside. That's a mood. Now I know why you're so indecisive. Me with my last three girlfriends. Uh, And this continues, and the the show progresses along similar plot because it's a rich series, so they have to keep some of the plot. And they end up married, but the way they end up married isn't because, oh, we like each other, we've had sex, we must get married now. It's basically a game of emotional chicken. So who's gonna sit? Who's gonna back out first? <laughs> uh, in response to the "What do you want to do now?" question, he asks if she wants to get married, and then freaks out because that is not what he meant to say. Yeah. And it hap- and it just explodes, and neither of them are willing to back down and admit they've made a mistake. And being teenagers, they keep 
just basically raising the stakes until eventually they are forced to confront their problems and grow as people. And it's beautiful because that is the most realistic goddamn teenage relationship I have ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> so there's my spiel. You, I, I, I've been talking with another friend of mine lately, and that's um, that you should feel more than free to find inspiration anywhere. Anything should inspire your work, your creativity, anything like that, from the most profound philosophical novel to the trashiest romance to full-on pornography if you feel like this. <laughs> just anything can contain just the seed that it takes to make something as awesome as whatever you just watched or, or something that's better, you know? But the, the crowning point on this that is probably the thing that makes this the romance I really like in fiction or whatever the most is there's a scene a little bit after they're married and that whole like one up each other and playing emotional chicken pans out where the main character gets drafted into a guild or some bullshit like that and goes off on a like team building exercise with a serial killer and he gets paralyzed he gets paralyzed serial killer reveals himself as a serial killer as happens uh and he's and he's torturing the main character kurt an asshole shows up and like just completely dominates this man and big hero saves the day, whatever. And as he's like fearing for his life, he like the first time she attacks him, he calls her a bitch and she keeps attacking him, just absolutely winning. And when she, he's like down and defeated and giving up or whatever, he's like, you know, people always say being called a bitch is a bad thing, but I just think it means you're strong and intelligent and totally fucking scary. Please don't kill me. And, you know, that's just a funny moment or whatever, but she ends up murdering him because evil serial killer gotta, can't let that go. Yeah. As one ought to do. So she goes over and she starts crying like, you almost died. How, did, how could you do this to me? Blah, 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 blah. Yandere shit. Um, how could you get kidnapped and almost be murdered? How could you do this to me? To which the main character to which the main character hearing that description of bitch just turns around and says, Oh, you bitch, and kisses her. (laughs) And it's a it's it's a great it's a terrible, terrible thing, but I love emotions are dumb. But it's basically the equivalent of like him being like, I love you. Yeah, and without that's saying, <laughs> whoever else wants to go next, yeah. Harris, who's your throuple? Go speak. Wow, okay. So, uh, the couple that I wish to talk about is from a novel called Iron Widow, and I want to apologize in advance to any Chinese-speaking listeners we might have because I am abysmal at pronouncing pronouncing names. So apologies in advance. I already know I'm probably going to get chewed out by this, about this. So not even the Chinese name, just names in general. Yeah, yeah. I can't pronounce it. What are you talking about, Godwin? I don't, <laughs> I don't speak. <laughs> but um, the romantic liaison we have here is rather than a couple, because this is the definition I'm stretching here, is a love triangle that just turns into a polycule. Okay, we have main character Wu Zeshan, Li Shimin, and uh, uh, Zhao Yixi. 
And is one of these an evil empress? Uh, she's, I was going to get to that, but she is based primarily yes, on Yes, as soon as you said her name, I was like, I know this person, I am here for this. And I... <laughs> and I, I also just want to point out for a little, little bit of context so that this novel could be pitched as a Handmaid's Tale meets Pacific Rim and as a 400 pages of female rage. So... I, Sold. Yeah, it's it's you're, really you're, good. You're, you're, you're talking next. Mm-hmm. Tommy and I have found our next series. <laughs> <laughs> there's only one book out so far, but there, we do end on a cliffhanger, so there's probably going to be more. Um, <laughs> lead character Wu, Wu Seishan, due to the oppressiveness of the society that she lives in, which is a weird science fantasy kind of version of mythic China, has a somewhat uh, difficult relationship with the idea of romance and sexuality in general at the start, because in her culture, if she were to engage in any kind of sexual relations prior to marriage, her family would drown her. So she has a kind of negative association with the whole thing at As first. Yeah. yeah. She is selected without giving getting too much into the details of why, because you know it's plot important stuff. She is selected to become what is referred to as a iron concubine. And this ties into the mechs of the setting, because the mechs have a male pilot and a female co-pilot. They need them to work because the mechs are piloted by the combination of chi, chi, however you want to pronounce it, from the two pilots. So problem is that due to the imbalance that's normally in the selections, the male pilots live, but a lot of the time the female co-pilots get burnt out by it and die. So she is selected to become an iron concubine with full expectation that she is going to die when the first time they go out. Man, this doesn't sound anything at all like dating in real life. I was gonna say, I, was gonna, I, was gonna, I wonder if the uh, writer was at all trying to um, try to come, add, some, add their commentary into any like uh, marriage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, social commentary into the marriage. I'll admit, I was just waiting for the phrase sex mechs. <laughs> uh, well, there is like, that you do have to kind of be in a physical embrace position while piloting. So sex that's like where a, I thought it was going. Uh, but when they load Zeshana into the mech for the first time, rather than being burnt out, she has a powerful enough key flow that she reverses the connection and burns the dude out, <laughs> which leads her to be the what is referred to as an Iron Widow, hence the title. But the government doesn't like that. So they not. so they pit her with the most powerful male mech pilot they have, Lee Shimin, with the expectation, okay, this guy will burn her out, and then she won't be a problem anymore, because he has the most powerful key flow we've ever measured. And Lee Shimin is a prisoner. They keep him in jail when he's not piloting a mech because they just oh. need him. <laughs> okay, once again, I wonder if this author has any kind of social commentary or political yeah. views. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gee, please. But the, yeah, yeah, I'm loving it, but come on. Yeah, and the thing about Lee Shimin that we find out because 
when they're first introduced, like he just ignores her, like passes over her like she doesn't exist. And she thinks, okay, this guy is a douchebag. He doesn't care about the fact that, you know, he kills women every time he pilots a back. It, it turns out the reason he's not glancing at her is because he's already bearing unbearable guilt for all the women he's killed through the connection because he's not piloting the mechs by choice. They're forcing him to pilot because he's the most powerful pilot they've got. Yeah. Yeah. So he's trying trying to uh, distance uh, a connection. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes to the point where when they they get into the mech and Zayshan not only survives, but forms what is referred to as a balanced match, is a perfect union in the mech that her political enemies can't do anything against her now because a balanced match, what's referred to as a iron bride rather than iron concubine, is so valuable to their war efforts that they can't afford to make a move against her. And she starts using that fact to get more and more transgressive yeah. against her society. I fucking stand this woman. Let's yeah. go. Oh, she's great. I love Let's go. Already, yeah. yeah, the book's good. I just recommend it just as a general thing. But um, this already sounds like up my alley, but yeah, no, fucking yes. Mm-hmm. But the other member of this triad, Zhao Yishi, he was already kind of a romantic interest to her before she was selected to be an iron concubine. And for the majority, and he's a real swell dude like he's tried he like he tried to get her out of being like he tried to save her life despite her being you know effectively peasant class while he's the son of a noble so he's got money mm-hmm. you know this dude was doing what he could but just due to the situation they have to be kind of distanced for yeah, a while until he manages to manipulate circumstances so that he's effectively the handler for the co for the co-pilot team for the Mac, there, it's been a while since I've read it, so I can't remember all the details leading up to this, but close-ish to the end of the book, the odds they're up against are overwhelming, even for the perfect match of the two most powerful pilot, co-pilot, and they have to uh, pick up uh, Yishi just to prevent him from being killed in the crossfire, and they get him into the cockpit with them, and when his and when his addition into the cockpit, he can actually interface alongside the two of them and give them a further power boost. Oh, yeah. And I want to point out that Ishii is completely smitten with Seishan. Like there's no question about it. No question about it throughout the book at all. But also when he first sees Shimin, he gets flustered and blushes. So there's like, it's like he's like, oh, this dude talks too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody hot. Everyone hot. Yes. No. This, is a, this is a triad where all the triangles are connected. You know, all the tips of the triangle are going like, around. Unlike a lot of pine Richard, they stand in a straight line and hold hands. <laughs> But yeah, um, I will have that conversation shortly. <laughs> I also want to point out that like Shimin is like five two, 
and not not Seaman. Zayshon is like five two. Yishi is kind of a short guy, but closer to average height. And Sheeman is like five. No, it's like six the seven or thereabout and built like a linebacker. So we've got we've got the the hot girl, we've got the pretty boy, and we've got the beef boy giant. I do not care for the hungry boys. Or do I quote you see as he sight as he sees Psycho Goreman, true bisexual icon. I don't know why we looked at him and said, hmm, bisexual. He just has that look. He has that fucking vibe. He has the look and he expresses interest in, in the hunky boys. Yeah, hunky boys, yeah. But yeah, I don't really have too much else to say. If I had read it more recently, I probably could have provided more detail, but that's... That's about the extent of it. I highly recommend the book just in general. Let's see, like, um, it was the author's debut novel and it got number one on New York Times, USA Today, and indie bestseller list, so release. Oh, wow. so, yeah, yeah, I highly recommend it. Cool. All right, a good one. All right, good one, who has suddenly appeared. Oh, I'm God. here now. For some reason. Oh, wow. Just teleported. I just fucking walked up from the floor. He teleported behind <laughs> us. I'm back. We actually hid so that he couldn't find this podcast uh, episode, but. And yet, here I am. <laughs> Unwanted. Brittany still hasn't found us. <laughs> <laughs> we just hear the shattering of glass. Yeah. In the you want you want to you want to talk about someone who would throw a brick through a fucking window? <laughs> Brittany would be like, "Y'all bitches, y'all and, left me." Yeah. You want to talk about I'm violent? There's a reason she's our Chris. Yes. All right, Goodwin. Do you have a favorite couple from literature? I really don't, but I have one from anime. That oh counts as literature. Literature. Someone wrote it. Okay, maybe no. Uh, well, yeah, it's from ReZero. It's uh, Subaru and uh, Amelia. Well, first of all, Subaru is just a terrible gremlin of a boy. <laughs> he's a, a neat. He uh, sucks at everything. He has no distinguishable skills. He is wow. A, just at me next time. Absolute <laughs> shithead. He doesn't know how to act aside from like how he thinks he should act in video games. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Amelia has been. Uh, she's super cute. She uh, has been uh, subject to systematic racism for being house elf. Uh, everyone hates her because she has the uh, same look of essentially. <laughs> The look of uh, this world, <laughs> yes, devil, essentially. So everyone hates her because she looks like the devil reincarnated, and everyone's like, "Oh, look at the snipier dog, fucking devil slurs." Shit. But she's so wholesome and nice, and tries to be nice to everyone regardless of how they treat her. And she is too pure for this world, and I would not kill her. She's amazing. Uh, but uh, Subaru, oh if you watch the show in the first season, he. Uh, he acts how he thinks he should act as a hero, like in another world, but uh, that's not how real people uh, act. act, and that makes you incredibly suspicious and prone to be killed by Amelia's bodyguards. Because when you act like 
you're trying so hard to get yourself ingrained into this essentially noble's household. Obviously, everyone's going to think you're a fucking spy about to do something bad. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. leads to Subaru dying so many times in painful, painful ways. And if you don't know the premise of ReZero, essentially, he has the ability. He died in the real world, got isekai into an anime world, right? But uh, he has the ability to return by death, meaning every time he dies in this world, he reincarnates at a certain point in time in that same world. He loves. Essentially. He he feels all the pain, he remembers everything he felt, and everything that he's learned in those deaths. So he's Zagreus. Pretty much. Uh, oh, you oh, do should. God. I know. I, okay. I shouldn't have even said anything, but yeah. <laughs> I know. That's on another I'm tangent. About to, I'm about to give you some uh, some Hades. Yes, this is now a Hades because... podcast. <laughs> 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 Welcome to Hades Talk. We're here on our first episode. Let's talk super giant. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to let you finish. Papyrus was the best game of all time. <laughs> Okay, but yes, though, storytelling. No, we're not going on this. We're not going on this. We're not doing it. Story- 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 back after he dies, it feels all the pain of dying, and he gets brought back essentially by the actual witch who Amelia is, sort of looks like. Long story short, he. So the devil reanimates him? Yeah. Hell yeah. Basically, sends him back in time. reanimated by the devil. Yeah, it sucks. Because uh, he feels it, and he starts vomiting because he gets eviscerated, he gets crushed, he gets parts blown off of him, he gets eaten. Man, that's a just bunch of rabbits. Oh, oh. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, it's horrible and painful, but you see him essentially grow as a person by literally just being less of a shithead. Having to learn and yeah, experienceless. Like just shoving your nose into shit that you know nothing about to put your own. To live, Feelings. to live your fantasy yeah. while ignoring those around, the people around you, ignoring their feelings. It's not going to work out. Exactly. It's just going it to lead to resentment. Yeah, it's going to lead to resentment and the heartbreak and pain. Lots of sad, lots of sad times. And lots of dying. Lots of dying. <laughs> for, for everybody, actually. In fact, the whole world dies at one point because uh, of what he did, which no. is very fun. Maybe we <laughs> It's a fun watch. Well, I, I don't want to say fun. Parts of it are fun. Parts of it are heart-wrenching. But Subaru grows as a character after every death, even if it takes him a little bit to finally get past. And he's available at your local dealership this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I just... celebrate Theodore. I, I I I held that one off until the very end. <laughs> I just want to point out that we can tell that Goodwin is a veteran at mm-hmm. this because he is much better at just shrugging off in these tangents. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to shut you down okay. a little bit. Okay, but now. Yeah. Now. Okay. Uh, now. Let me finish. <laughs> Uh, he grows and becomes a gooder boy, and eventually there's also a cat boy who's very cute. And uh, cat boy, cute. And, and he becomes an actual hero by taking into account Amelia's feelings. Yeah, and he realizes that he's not the protagonist, but he can help the woman that he loves 
succeed in her goals, but he doesn't have to be directly beside her. Can you drop the name of this anime in the RCT, uh, the Reading Circle Discord? Because yeah. I want to track it down now. Well, do we have a new watch? Gaia and I obviously are all about cat boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, no, no. So, if, you're, if you don't have a cat boy, I'm going to be at him. And he's so, he's so good. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Cat girls okay. are superior to bunny girls. Well, yeah. Um, but bunny boys are superior to cat boys. I will respectfully I'd like to subscribe to your newsletter. <laughs> bunny <laughs> boys. Where the dragon can fall on this? It depends. Are they dragonborn as in born of dragons, or do they are they dragonborn in that they can uh, yell like uh, dragons? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it could be either or really. All right. Um, Molly has stepped away for the moment to. Just and now let's talk about Hades. Chaos. Yeah, Hades. Yeah. Right. Okay. All of you are going to get email right now. This Airbnb had a messy door situation, and it's I would like you all to be aware. Of in, in addition to the fact that one of the rooms does not have doors, just curtains, there is a door that does not shut. Yeah. And there's a bedroom with and a sliding like door, and it's the shitter, so you kind of need the shitter to be able to play. <laughs> I don't know why Bobby Hill impressions are just like gremlin. It's in the same league as uh, Toad from Mario impressions. <laughs> <laughs> Reason why I'm qualified to be on the Scooby Doo podcast is because I have a killer Scooby Doo impression. Oh, uh, no. You can't not do it now. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Get out. Uh, <laughs> 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 Looks like the Confederates have broken our rights. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, don't ask me that. I love it so. All right, have we reached the section, the the point of no return? Yeah, yeah. the darkness comes. All right, here we go. The latest episode of Don't Get Me Started begins now. Okay, so Ippy has a laundry list here, but we're gonna we're gonna preface this a little bit. You have the OT three. You have OT threes. On my list, like <coughs> Tulio, Miguel, and Shell. Yes. From Rodel Dorado. Mm-hmm. You have, which are, that that is a point in which all of the lines connect. Or OT3. Or, or you have my, they stand in the line and hold hands, like Zagreus, Meg, and Thanatos, because no, really, Hades, gay, beautiful. It is Greek, right? Or yeah. Based on Greek right. mythology. Right. Yeah. So yeah, obviously gay. Very gay. Mm-hmm. Very gay. Excuse Fake me. mythology, gay Greeks. There you go. <laughs> Faking gay. There you go. And then you know you have some of your more traditional couples, but we're going to talk about my absolute favorite and one that just I have tried to have a relationship. Like Roy Mustang and Razor Hawkeye. 
uh, from Full Metal Alchemist. Yep. Yeah, Specifically yeah. Brotherhood mm. and the manga. Because holy shit. Let's talk about these two for a minute. I have, I have gone on rants about these two and how they're just so perfect. But you're, you're so for those who are not familiar with Full Metal Alchemist, which I'm pretty sure everybody here at the table is familiar. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched all of it yet. I'm vaguely familiar. Yeah. Okay. I've watched much of it. But a lot of it's been spoiled for me. So, hey. Here, 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 here's, here's what I will throw out here. Roy Mustang um, is an up and coming want to be alchemist, goes to train under Master Hawkeye, who is Reese's father. They basically grow up together. She's approximately eight, and he is approximately 10, because he's, I think he's three years older, technically. I don't know. There's some... Scandalous, a two-year age gap. I know. Like me and Chris. Scandalous. He winds up signing up to go to war, and... Reese's dad's like, fuck you, get the hell out. I don't look at you anymore. And they lose connection until Roy Mustang finds out that his teacher died. He goes back, pays for the full funeral, and basically is like, Reese, if you need anything, I got you. I got you. And Big secret of how to do the alchemy is is learned through Riza in a very intimate, sounds like the wrong word, (laughs) but yeah, very, very intimate way of learning that secret. And from then on, it's basically these two are inseparable, like to the point where He's like, all right, well, gotta go to war now. And she's like, the next down. year, she's just like, meets him on the battlefield, like, hey, what's up? Thought you did me. <laughs> Let's go, motherfuckers. Relax to me. And then they basically just, yeah, do what they do throughout the entire thing. And for those who haven't seen it, I'm not gonna spoil it much more than that. There are. A couple huge scenes in both the manga and in Brotherhood because I I prefer Brotherhood. There are some people who prefer O3. That's understandable. Not my cup of tea. Understandable. Have a good day. There's there's too much fluff. I can only handle so much tooth rotting fluff <laughs> and filler. And they did my girl dirty. <laughs> the personality traits of Reza Hawkeye and Osiri are a rant that I'm not going on. There is <laughs> the iconic scene of uh, the Colonel calls me Reza when we're alone, which gets someone shot, <laughs> <laughs> and we still aren't a hundred percent sure if she was bluffing or not. <laughs> Canonically, there's a chance that she was telling the truth. <laughs> there's a chance she wasn't there's no. a chance she wasn't we don't know there's the I mean, there's been multiple iterations of I will follow you into hell you know 
do you still have my back? Do you still have to ask after all this time? Now you got me getting the most. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But something else that I love about this relationship is when you read the manga or you, you know, either or if you watch O3 or if you watch Brotherhood, it is never explicitly stated that they are together. Um, matter of fact, it is fraternization is punishable by death. And technically, uh, so Roy is a colonel and she is the first lieutenant. His lieutenant, as he likes to point out quite often. Um, mine. <laughs> yeah, mine. that's basically what he does. <laughs> that's mine. Or just like you did. Claims <laughs> it with head bumps like claims it with head bumps like a cat. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that is pretty much that's what Chris does. <laughs> that is pretty much that. But um I feel that's what I do too. <laughs> but there is no explicit statement of they're having this secret affair that they're keeping from the military or that you know, they've, they were together when they're younger, but now they're older and there's this tension. No, it's, they always have each other's back. Like, be it a romantic relationship or a purely platonic okay. relationship, that is a goal that I want to have with another human being. It's the, there's a, there's a scene in Brotherhood, and this is a little bit of a spoiler, but spoiler. I'm not going I'm not going to go into super detail about it, but basically Riza has to direct Mustang into using his alchemy and to the point where she says this degree, this way, this many targets. And without sight, he's able to do exactly what she tells him. Like it's insane. Like these two just have so much trust. Just, I have feelings, man. I don't want to go into more detail. That that is indie in a single sentence. I have feelings, man. Yeah. There's a lot there. You see, I thought you were implying that that Indy's entire uh, segment on Full Metal on uh, Full Metal Alchemist was one sentence. Yes. The whole thing was just one yeah, sentence. Just like a really long uh, yeah, <laughs> and he's been known to do that as well. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, those two are just any kind of relationship goals, like friendship, that kind of ride or die. That's what I strive to be, is that kind of fucking ride or die. Yeah. <laughs> um, God, those two. That there's, ah, there are several scenes in the series where like in a lot of animes or TV shows in general, like to put those will they or won't they relationships, like those kind of couples in predicaments that are mildly embarrassing. <laughs> um, like, oh, you've caught me in the middle of changing. Oh, this is scandalous. <laughs> okay, these bitches. <laughs> fucking just we're like alright you sit up front and then just 
strip, change full clothes, okay, swap. <laughs> in the car together, full costume <laughs> change. No, like, just no awkward. Yeah. See, I, I feel that way about romantic relationships. Um, I mentioned Wash and Zoe at the very beginning of this. Yes. And my mom really likes Mal and Inara because they don't know where they stand with each other. So, like, my mom likes relationships in TV shows where the characters don't know exactly where they stand with each other. My favorite relationships in real life and in fiction are the ones where people know exactly where they stand with each other and where they stand is, like, absolutely ride or die. (laughs) Everybody else. There is there is a reason that I got you guys reading the Circle of Magic. Damn it! I have feelings. Everything sucks. I have so many fucking feelings about that scene in particular, and I can't go into any more detail. Well, this hey. is how I feel about Larkin Rose. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. <laughs> Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or tell us what you think by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. Find all of our episodes at readingcircletemple.com and find more sound clips by following the Reading Circle Temple on SoundCloud. Never miss a post by following Reading Circle on Tumblr. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Facebook and join the Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. See our cats by following Reading Circle Temple on Instagram. Or you can tweet at us at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. If you like their art, follow Yellow is for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our music. Find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.